So, so the number one thing is, you know, no bad apples. Um, you know, we, we don't have any bad apples on our team and we wouldn't, you know, if we made a mistake and brought somebody on who turned out to be a bad apple, they wouldn't last. Um, you know, that's hard and fast for us, right? You know, everybody that's on the team, um, it, you know, is somebody that we want to hang out with, right? That we've got their back, right? We all look out for each other. You know, our dealers are constantly collaborating. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Along the Keel, a podcast dedicated to the brands that are being built outside. My name is Captain Zach, and in today's episode, I get to speak with the founders of Decket, Jeff and Dan, and then also Mike, who is a local dealer here in the New York tri-state area. So it was a real pleasure being able to talk with them, learn all about the behind the scenes of Decket, how it got started, what their backgrounds are, and of course, being able to talk from Mike from a dealer perspective as well. It was great. They're a great group of guys. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be able to share this episode and learn all about how they're taking marine flooring to the next level. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Along the Keel. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, leave us a five-star review if you choose to do so. All you got to do is scroll down on the bottom of Apple Podcasts, hit that five stars, and it would mean a lot. Also, check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Sign up for our newsletter at alongthekeel.com. we got some wicked cool things going on, so I suggest that you sign up and stay tuned. Also, make sure to check out Waypoint TV. They help us out a ton. They're a great partner of ours. And they have amazing outdoor content, whether you're a fisherman, a hunter, a backpacker, a hiker, what have you, they have got you covered. So with that, I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Along the Keel, and we will see you at the end of the show. How's everyone doing today? Doing awesome. Doing good. Yeah. We're, we're, we're pumped to be here. No, I'm stoked to have you guys here. You know, Decade is such a, um, you know, becoming such a well-known household name in the industry and to see all the work you guys are doing. And I love the concept and how it's laid out. And, you know, we have Mike who's, you know, here from Decade Tri-State and then Jeff and Dan, you guys being the founders of Decade. So, uh, yeah, just glad to have you guys here. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah. So where's, where's yeah. everyone from? You know, I mean, I know that Mike, you're, you're based out of New York right now, right? Yeah, I'm a Long Island guy. Always been in New York. Yep. All right. And then Dan and Jeff. Jeff, you're from where again? Well, right now you're in South yeah, Carolina. Yeah, Fort Lauderdale. Right? Went to school in Maryland. Then I lived in San Diego and Naples, Italy for a little bit. And now I've landed in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, nice. I'm assuming Naples because of um, uh, the, the Navy, yeah. being in the Navy. Oh, Station yeah. There. Good place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet. It sounds like a pretty sweet place. And then, Dan, we're, so you're in Stewart right now, but where are you originally from? Yeah, so I'm actually a little further south than Stewart. I'm, I'm, I'm in uh, Lighthouse Point, Florida. And unlike Jeff's exciting uh, worldly uh, ventures, I uh, haven't gone very far in life geographically. <laughs> I, uh, I live very close to the, to the street that I grew up on. Um, you know, I'm a born and raised uh, Floridian and, and love it here. So, I just kind of stayed put. Yeah. Well, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? I mean, if it's a good spot, it's a good spot. True words. Very, 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 very true. And, um, you know, fortunate enough to have, you know, close proximity to the water here and great access for fishing and, and surfing and, you know, going to the beach and, you know, doing all the things that, that I love and I'm passionate about. So, you know, I, um, I'm pretty stuck. Yeah. Well, not a bad, not a bad place to be, you know. I, I, I always say that, you know, that area right there in Florida is, I don't know. Arguably, I could be wrong, but you guys could tell me if I'm right or wrong on this one. Could be like the the boat building capital of the world in terms of, you know, smaller, not sport fishing center consoles, that style of boat. Yeah, well, they do, they do like to. I think Fort Lauderdale claims yachting capital of the world. Um, mm-hmm. That's that that's their thing, and and certainly. Um, you know, it's, it's boating central down here. I mean, the, the city that I live in, you know, it's, um, it's situated where there's canals that run all through it. So it's real common for, you know, real easy for people to have a house with a, with a boat in the backyard. And, you know, there's inlets everywhere. So you're real close proximity to, to ocean access. Um, and it's just got a great kind of boating infrastructure built into it. So it really mm-hmm. lends that it lends, it lends itself to that. And there is a, there's a ton of 
um, marine activity down here to support that, right? So since it's such a big part of mm -hmm. our our culture and our lifestyle down here, there's there's tons of boat yards, there's tons of boat building activity, and, and all the kind of support and uh, supporting businesses that go along with it. Right. So what you're saying is that it's a pretty damn good place to be if you want to start a marine decking company. <laughs> uh, you know, I, again, I'm not I'm not here to complain about it. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, it seems to be working out. But, you know, before we kind of dive deep into um, how Decky got started, what it is, how you guys operate, and just the whole basis behind it, because you guys are doing so many cool things and collaborations with um, great guys like Captain Vinny LaSorsa and, you know, the Last Mango crew. So, you know, Mike, how did you get into like, doing marine flooring for Decket? You know, because you're kind of coming at it from a different angle. And I kind of love how you guys all have your it seems to me like you guys all have your strengths and you all come from different parts of the u.s but also have different worlds that you've all kind of been in you know Je jeff you you come from the navy side mike as well um doing some outside sales and then dan being you know having been an entrepreneur for a little for a while now um but mike how did you even get into get into boating like how did this all start for you sure yeah so that's a great question um i think the, the best way to probably tell that story would probably be uh, not the Dodger question. I'm happy to, <laughs> to answer that. Dodger I'm, way. I'm going to throw that to Jeff because I think we can establish a timeline that's uh, pretty relevant and kind of a cool story of, of kind of because Jeff obviously started before I did. And mm -hmm. uh, that should lend itself to, to going into how I got associated with Beckett and, and how I got started forming Beckett Tri State. So um, Jeff can probably lend a pretty good perspective of, of how he started. And then uh, I'm happy to, to go into that. So go yeah, for it. So, you know, our family, the Navy buddies, yeah, our families uh, come from a background of successful entrepreneurship. And, you know, for me, I kind of went away from that where I went to the Navy and I actually met Mike at the Naval Family Prep School. Mm -hmm. I think the first time I ever met him was when he slashed me on the lacrosse field and it, it wasn't really fun. But, you know, <laughs> after my time in the Navy, my, you know, my goal was to join my family and, you know, some entrepreneurial go. And it was the right timing for Decade and, you know, I'll jump mm -hmm. more into that when it's time. But, you know, my first foray was with Decade. So I come up to Charleston where um, I was going to start sinking my teeth into it, you know, getting my hands on it and looking at what the operations were and, you know, how we can start to grow this thing fairly quickly. Um, and the first phone call I got was from Mike Mizvesky, who I haven't talked to in, years probably you know on and off on instagram or facebook or something but haven't really connected in a long time like mm -hmm. hey are you working for you know one of our competitors and i said no it's um it's our own product we're we're, we're you know going after it going after that market and he goes cool you don't really know anything about sales let me teach you about sales you know typical and um you know our first phone <laughs> call he was bragging to me that he sold me on phone call let me show he, you something uh, that he got me to commit to the phone call with him. I was like, all right, this guy is a, a true and true salesman. So literally from my first day, while he wasn't really involved in Decade, Mike was just kind of there and, you know, plenty of phone calls talking about the, the product and, mm -hmm. and really me who doesn't have any experience in sales at the time. Hey, how are you going to sell this thing? What is your angle? What is, what is this? What is that? And I was like, no, I don't know. You know, and um, you know, through our phone calls over the next year, year and a half, it was, right. I learned a lot from him just through just friendship, you know, rekindling that friendship and uh, I'll kick it over to Mike, but right around the time of the pandemic start, you know, his business at the other end kind of was uncertain. So he's been wanting to become a de dealer for so long. It was kind of finally the catalyst to say, Hey Mike, you know, it's time to jump or, or not. Yeah. So, so um, my other business, the, the, the other industry that I worked in was hit heavily by COVID and uh, like so many industries out there and, and so many mm -hmm. other people out there, especially in the Northeast. So um, I, as Jeff had talked to, I, I was having a lot of fun talking to Jeff about uh, watching Decade as it was starting and, and, and watching that develop. And here in the Northeast, as you know, you know, the Marine flooring industry um, it, it's not super saturated up here, right? There, there's right. A, a belief of, you know, that, well, that's a Florida thing or, you know, we don't do that up here, right? I mean, I, I have a, mm -hmm. a, a down east boat, and, you know, you don't see 
many down east boats with uh, a marine flooring solution on it ever no and, um, right you know as you know from up here we're i'll tell you a quick story of how the idea of me wanting to to get involved with the marine decking company which which obviously you know before decade uh, i was thinking about it but i didn't know and then once i saw jeff make a post i, I jumped all over it and then we got mm-hmm. to talk about that but the thing that like really sparked it for me was um i was fishing uh like the late fall striper run and uh we we were fishing mojos and we, we pull a striper in and uh, i get the net and it's got to be you know one of those 36 degree days there's still frost on the deck um and uh a warm new england day yeah nice warm new england morning right and uh i have uh well, let's say I'm just not the athlete I used to be, and I probably should have stretched before going fishing. It is a sport, um, <laughs> and I didn't. Uh, you know, maybe started off with with an Irish coffee, which was a mistake. And uh, as I'm going to net the fish, my left foot just totally gives out, and I hear a pop. And I pop my hamstring trying to net this fish come in, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, and I'm like, "There's got to be a better solution." And this boat is was a I'm not going to say the boat brand, but it's a good salty, um, you know, New Jersey built express boat mm-hmm. that had factory non-skid on it. And, uh, I don't want to say it cause I don't want to make the captain feel bad. Um, <laughs> and, uh, needless to say, I'm like, there's gotta be a better solution that can work up here. And I've always, I've seen some marine flooring things, but I didn't know anything about it. And after investigating it further and then Jeff coming up, it was like, wow, okay, this is a solution that is applicable in the Northeast. And that was right. where my mind was at the whole time, right? And I'm like, how, how do we make this work? Because obviously the whole fishing community, we, we all love the water, right? We all love being out there fishing. It's our passion, but we all mm-hmm. fish differently and in different environments. And, you know, my thing was marine flooring not only can work in the Northeast, but it, it should be here, right? And mm. the thing is, the product's got to be able to hold up to the rigors of fishing in the Northeast and how we fish and what we fish for, right? We're going togging, right. and it, you know, a nice, nice New England fall day is not the same mm-hmm. as a nice uh, day in uh, Key West. So um, it's got to be able to, but it's got to be able to hold up to all of those things, the temperature, uh, you know, whether it be an extreme temperature being warm or being mm-hmm. cold, right? So um, that's what got me started. Uh, I've been fishing, you know, my whole life and, uh, it just seemed like a perfect fit and talking to Jeff and then meeting Dan, these were people that I wanted to do business with and, and make it work. And it's been, it's been really exciting to bring it to market and bring it up to, to the Northeast. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, you mentioned being in the Northeast and the Northeast is such a, it's such a unique place to do a lot of boating. And although, you know, it's, it's seasonal, um, there's definitely a, a, a certain person and a certain culture that exists up here in the Northeast. And as you know, right, the fishing de- up here is way different than it is anywhere else in the world. Um, in, in, you know, every spot in the, in the United States has its own respective topography and different species that you're going to target. You know, my time out in Hawaii, we were targeting, you know, the Kona Granders and now, you know, it's Tog and striped bass, uh, block Island. So, um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that, but, Dan, how did you get into the, all this? Because you keep on mentioning, and Jeff, you do as well, you know, that you come from a family of entrepreneurs, right? So, like, what does that, that mean? Yeah, so I would say that that gets been super cool because it's really been this thing where it's been the, the culmination of two really strong elements of um, really my family and myself. That On one hand, it's the entrepreneurism. And, and entrepreneurship thing. And on the other hand, it's this passion for the water. And, and Deckett really connected those two things for us. So, you know, for me, they were always separate in that business building was mm. always the thing that enabled the pursuit of the passion, right? It was the thing that, you know, um, supported uh, my time on the water, my ability to go fishing or go on surf trips or, you know, um, spear fishing adventures or whatever it is. And, you know, on the other hand, those things were separate from what I did for work. And, and like I said, I grew up on and around the water, very fortunate there, lucky enough to grow up in South Florida, which we already covered and anything mm. to do with the water just hooked me at a young age, whether it was surfing or, 
or, or spear fishing, free diving, or, or going on fishing adventures with my dad. And, you know, we're close enough to the Bahamas here where we were able to take the boat back and forth, um, over the Not summer a bad spot. and stuff like that. <laughs> and, and I'm lucky enough where now I'm at that point where, yeah. And, and now I'm at the point where, um, you know, my, my dad's still crazy and he's still an avid sport fisherman spending all of his free time chasing mm-hmm. blue marlin around the Caribbean. Um, and now I'm able to actually pass this on to my, my oldest, well, both of my kids now. I have two sons and my oldest mm-hmm. is really hooked already. He's, he's, um, he's seven years old and all he wants to do is be out there fishing. And in fact, um, the coolest thing that happened was a couple of months ago, we actually got to, um, you know, bring this three-generational um, ha- passion for the water to uh, to a head when we actually caught a grand oh, slam no down in the PR. <laughs> and it was wild because we were out, yeah, we were out targeting blue marlin, which, you know, is, is the main species mm-hmm. of billfish down there. You don't see a lot of sailfish or white marlin, um, maybe every now and then. And, and we had caught a blue early in the morning. My dad actually got it. Um, and, and it wasn't, you know, a crazy day, but sometime around lunch, we had a, a bite from look like, from what looked like a real juvenile blue, really small blue marlin. And, um, we ended up putting my son in the chair and he, uh, he made good work of it. When oh, no way. Boat, it turned out it was <laughs> yeah. actually a sailfish, which was just super rare. Yeah. And, and unlikely. And, and then within about 30 minutes of putting the spread back out, we had another teaser bite. And I was able to to grab it, hook it up, and after a couple of jumps, sure enough, that's it was, awesome. Uh, <laughs> it was the white marlin. So, you know, we uh, we had this really. I mean, it was it was it. it. It was the the ultimate right, like of having this fishing thing passed down from my dad to me, and then now being able to pass it along to my son. Um, to be able to do that and do a three generational grand slam, we're not sure if anybody's ever really done it <clears throat> before. But um, it it was a pretty pretty much an old right. type experience. And um, but back to your question because I, <laughs> I I got off there telling fishing stories as oh, we uh, of course as we as we do right. Um, you know for we, <laughs> so for me you know it, they were always these two separate worlds. And you know we love spending every every bit of recreational free time that we had in the in this boating community and you know, we started to see this opportunity in the marine flooring. It just started popping up. We weren't, you know, we're not the first people in this space. We're not the first ones to do it. But we we saw the opportunity as others started doing it and and started to talk about it with people in the community and realized that there was that there was really um, you know, mm. more opportunity there, that that there were things that hadn't quite been done yet, right? Things that left the door open for us and being the good entrepreneurs that we are, we said, Hey, this is, this might be our chance to really bring these two disparate um, things together, right? The entrepreneurism that's running through our DNA and, and mm-hmm. the passion for the water and really close the gap and, and, and build a bit, jump into the industry and really find a way to even pursue that passion, um, you know, that much more closely. And, and that's what that gets really done for us. It's enabled us, to do that, to go out and build a business in the space, spend more of our time there, spend that, you know, entrepreneurial effort around building a business that's that's connected to to this world that we love so much, and it's allowed us to, you know, get to know just great people, whether it's, um, you know, partners or customers mm-hmm. or, or, or or vendors or, or just you know or our dealer network, all of these different people who are similarly passionate about the water and boating and, and fishing and all these different things. And we get to hear their stories and help them out, you know, in pursuing right. the same passion, right. Help them customize their boat for what it is they're getting after. And, and, um, you know, like Mike was sharing a little bit about the differences up there in the Northeast, you know, we've really been working hard at building this network across the country where, I mean, you even mentioned it, the difference yeah, between Hawaii and, and sure. the Northeast, right? We're all connected by this. Yeah, and we're all connected by the same thing, the same water and everything mm-hmm. else, but it's still different everywhere, right? The different geographies um, lend themselves to different styles of fishing and, and, and different challenges, and there's different elements at play. So it, it's been really awesome for us to, you know, get to build this thing within that 
within that space and you know this thing that we love so much but also getting to connect with different people around the country who were coming at it in different angles but all chasing the same thing which is that same pursuit of that passion for the water and and, and the boating and everything else yeah you know it's it's so cool to be able to you know talk to like-minded guys like you because i find wherever i go and the more people that i talk on this podcast is there's always this underlying factor is everyone loves being on the water, right? It's an industry that you you're, you don't just get into, you know, you have to have some sort of love of the ocean, love of fishing. You have to enjoy it, right? I mean, I'm sure there's other industries. I know, you know, my dad works in the something similar to you, Mike, he does like workers comp, right? So workers comp, no one wants to learn about workers comp, right? He even doesn't want to talk about workers comp, but you know, it's, it's something that rather than working on something and then in your off hours going to do what you're passionate about, a lot of people that have created businesses within the marine industry are passionate about the marine industry, right? They're passionate about sharing their love of the ocean, whether it's fishing, boating, kayaking, paddling, all these people were enthusiasts and then all of a sudden turned it into, you know, passion into a project and a project into a business, right? So it sounds like you guys kind of all were kind of cut from the same cloth. And then Dan, I mean, um, Jeff, you also mentioned that, you know, your family was a bunch of entrepreneurs as well, but you went the Navy route. What do you think pushed you to go the Navy route rather than kind of staying with the going, going that route and then eventually coming back into entrepreneurship? Yeah, I think I saw Top Gun one too many times. And um <laughs> I mean, no lie. I mean, I wanted to be a fighter pilot, true story, but I, um, I've got a heart murmur, which the Naval Academy said was going to be good to go until a couple, couple weeks before graduation. So we're looking four years later and they're like, actually, no. So they actually sent me to San Diego. I was super fortunate enough to um, get put on a great ship, you know, met my wife out there. So it all works out. But, you know, two things, you know, Tom Cruise and my grandfather, you know, my grandfather, like a lot of people served in World War II. It's, 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 a, call, it's a call to serve and, I'm really fortunate uh, to have been accepted to Naval Academy and commissioned through there because I've met my best friends on earth through there, you know, built a work ethic. You know, who I am at 33 is a lot different than who I was at 17. And there's been a lot between there. And I attribute a lot of that to the Navy. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually all this whole decade thing comes around, right? So where did this, where, where was the initial thought? Cause like you look at a market and you're like, all right, well, and I've done the same thing. Like I've had, I've had businesses on Amazon and other little e-commerce stores are like, Oh, this is interesting. Like, how can I play my role into it? Or, you know, I'm passionate about X, Y, Z. Maybe I can then turn this into something else. So where was the, the juxtaposition between, all right, we have this idea of Decket and there's a really interesting market that's developing around marine flooring. You know, there's other competitors out there. What are they doing? How can we kind of fit a niche and then go about creating a better quality product out there? Um, like, where did this all, where did this idea like come from? Where was the catalyst? Yeah. So I'd love to sit here and say that, you know, there was this, uh, you know, amazing aha moment and light bulb that went off in my head and I invented, you know, foam, foam, uh, marine decking or something like that as a result of it. Um, but it, it really, it really wasn't that for me, you know, and from my kind of way that I ended up, you know, diving into this business at first was really just seeing it start to happen, right? I, I saw other people doing it first. And, you know, when you see a good idea, it's sometimes it feels kind of obvious. And this was one of those things, right? It was like, wow, that just makes a lot of sense. It, it, it looked super cool on the first boat that I saw it. And then when you stopped and thought about all the benefits, right? The The, the improvement from a deck performance standpoint, the aesthetic improvement, you know, all of these different attributes that it brought to the table is like, wow, that's really interesting, right? And, and as a serial entrepreneur and somebody who has um, been involved with lots of different businesses, you know, new, across a wide variety of industries and stuff like that, you know, I, um, I kind of am constantly recognizing these things and, and, and also identifying when it's something that's actually doable when it's something that, you know, we have the resources to go make happen because not every great idea can go be run down, even though I'd like to, I mean, at least right. not by, by me or, you know, um, you know, the people that I work with. So we saw this one as, Hey, this is a great idea. This is something that 
you know, we should learn more about. And that's where we started, right? It was first that just um, intuition that this was something that actually made sense. And then secondly, that, um, that uh, inquisitiveness to want to learn more about it. And, mm. and when I started to dig and, and learn more about it, what we realized is that one, it's, you know, a, a tremendous market that there, there's a really big market for this. And, and the market adoption was really starting to pick up and clearly people wanted it. It made a lot of sense. But at the same time, there were needs that weren't totally being fulfilled with the product that some of the existing mm. product um, that was, that was being brought to the market um, left certain people wanting more, right? That there was an opportunity right. to potentially bring something to market that was going to be done a little bit better, um, you know, with a focus on uh, certain quality elements and, and customer service elements. Um, and so we, we basically, I saw that one good idea too, that there was opportunity to potentially do it better. And, and that was enough for us. That was enough for us to really mm -hmm. just dive into it. And, and the timing of it all really just worked out perfectly because it was the time that, you know, I was really starting to dig into it. It was right when Jeff was coming back from Italy, um, you know, kind of getting mm. out of the Navy and, and, you know, we were talking and, and, and he was, you know, looking to get involved in, in something. And, you know, we saw this as a great opportunity to come together and, and, and basically uh, launch and build the business. And, and that's really how, you know, how it all came together. Right. And then how did your relationship, like, how did you guys connect? You know, cause there's, there's something. So, so Jeff, Jeff and I have been uh, connected since birth. He's, he's my first cousin. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so, so we, uh, that, that entrepreneurial blood, that entrepreneurial DNA really runs through both of us. Um, and lemonade and, stands yeah, we, and everything, you know, early on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We, we grew up in a real tight knit family. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we went to, we went to, you know, the same school from elementary through high school. You know, we were all, you know, we lived, we grew up, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes from each other or something like that. So, you know, we're real, we're really a, a, a tight, close family. And, um, you know, I think it was always, like Jeff said, in his mind that, you know, he would come and, you know, get involved in the family business when he was, when he was done uh, doing his service. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was it was just a no brainer, right? The timing lined up. It was, it was perfect. And, and, um, here we are. Yeah. Huh. And, and going into the family business, like going and working as a family, um, is something that I've never done, but that's a very unique thing to do nowadays. It, it seems like, you know, it's not something that everyone has the opportunity to do. So to bring on a family member, um, Jeff, when you first heard about Decket, you know, and Dan was coming to you and was like, Hey, you got this Marine flooring thing. And, you know, you being in the Navy and coming from that environment, what was your initial reaction to that? Were you like, yeah, all in, this sounds great. Or were you like, ah, let me try and fill this out a little bit. No, hundred percent all in hundred percent all in. Yeah. I mean, working with family is something that you're just, we grew up seeing and it's, it's what you do. Um, you know, our mm -hmm. dad's company together with their dad so to have this opportunity to work with family and, and truly like connect with dan who's older you know he was the, the first cousin he was the first um grandson of our grandfather and like you said we all went to the same high school so he, he paved <laughs> the path he's got brothers and he's got twin brothers and there was the good one and the bad one so it's always like are you more like him are you more like him are you more like him and it's, <laughs> it's, it's just the opportunity to, to you know work as a family and, and, and um you know create something together has been really cool and to learn a lot because, you know, my background is the Navy operations and, and just getting stuff done. But it's, you know, business is a whole different beast. You know, it's um, it's fun. It's crazy. Right. It's scary. It's it's rewarding. It's 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 all those things. But it's, you know, being able to do what people have done it successfully before me has allowed us to, you know, do it the right way. When sometimes you think you're even going the wrong path. Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. Like, you, it seems to me like there's there's a rough guideline or recipe to a successful business, right? Like there's this, there's these things that you have to do and, and plugs that you have to put in and, you know, they don't always fit perfect, but you can kind of manipulate it just enough to where it, where it works out. Right. And, and it's that evolution. And it seems to me like having those generations before you, it, it's almost as if it's like plug and play. It's like, all right, what do you want to do? All right, let's do this. You know, and you plug those pieces in and all of a sudden, you know, you have a, you know, you're, you're more likely to have a successful business than you are not to. Right. Um, so 
when you were trying to first get Deckard off the ground, like what were those pieces that you guys were putting into play? Like what was the first thing that you guys were like, all right, we got Marine flooring, we have X, Y, Z. This is the amount of market share that we think we can consume. Like what were those first initial steps to going from, all right, we got to get this foam and now we got to put it on, you know, someone's boat. Well, the, the, the number one place we started. So you talk about the plug and playing of like similar, you know, elements of the business recipe um, that, that kind of hold true throughout the different companies. So, you know, to take a step back before we started, um, one of the things that we always look to do in any of our businesses is focus on building the best product mm-hmm. or service that we could possibly bring to market. So some people want to focus more on, you know, the price side of things or, or, or just scale or, 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 or one of these different elements for us. It's always as, as people who start businesses, it's always, we want to, we want to lead with the best product or the best service that we possibly could bring to the market. And the reason is that building a business is mm. very challenging, right? There's, there's nonstop, you know, challenges that are going to be coming your way every day. Right. And, and so, you know, when you're, when you're going through this exercise of trying to build a business, the best way to stay on the offensive side of building a business and focus on the growth and the building is to not have to worry about playing defense, right? So mm-hmm. if you have a great product or a great service, it naturally will limit the amount of defense you have to play because you're going to have less customer service issues. You're going to have less of the bad stuff to deal with, right? So it's minimizing, minimizing the negative stuff. So for us, applying that here, you know, it started with we needed the best mm. materials to begin with, right? We needed to absolutely figure out how do we bring a better material to market than everybody else. And, and, and so we spent a lot of time on that end, researching it, identifying the different suppliers that we could work with, et cetera, et cetera, until, until we finally found com- felt comfortable that we did find the best possible um, materials to begin our journey with, right? right? Once, once we had that in place, and, and Jeff, I'm sure you'll be able to add to this, but I'll just, I'll just kind of wrap up my perspective because there's a couple different phases. It was then figuring out, okay, well, how do we, how do we um, manipulate that in, 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 the, in the best way to create the best outcome mm. for, for the end user, right? How are we going to be able to fabricate it um, in, in a way that, that, again, delivers the the best fit and finish at the end of the day. And, right. then, and then finally, you know, how are we going to, um, how are we going to distribute that and, and service the customers, right? Again, in the best possible way. So, so those are really the three elements that we, that we focused on mm. and kind of the order that we focused them on them in. Um, and, and it really overlaid nicely with how we decided to to roll our business plan out with this heavy focus on our on our dealer network mm-hmm. um you know besides figuring out the, the raw material and everything else you know a lot of the fit and finish and the service elements um you know really i have to just you know compliment the the team that we built you know and i think every business is you know about the team too mm. and it's certainly the case here you know it is all about our dealers. Um, our dealers are, I think, the most trained in the industry. We we put a huge emphasis on on that, investing in them and alongside them. Right? We want our dealers to be the most successful in the industry. So you know, we we're we're very um, excited about and committed to making that investment along with them to help right. them along. But that results in them being able to actually deliver, you know, to, 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 lead, to, to, to deliver the, the best install to the end customer um, in the product that they could possibly do. And also, you know, their, their um, you know, geographic and local knowledge allows them to, to provide that level of local direct service to the customers, right. um, you know, as well. So it, it all unfolded in this very natural and, and, or, and organic uh, way yeah yeah what i mean when you guys talk to your dealer network and you know mike being a dealer himself up here in tri-state um the importance of having a good team as you mentioned is everything right it's the people that you can rely on it's the people that you can go to to you know have something get get done quite simply and you know i guess when you are creating a company and a company that at your size and when you guys are trying to scale how important is that for you 
You know, I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of everything. So in your own words, like, what do you really, and I know you touched upon it, but if we dive a little bit deeper into the elements of creating a good team and surrounding yourself with the people that are going to get the job done, but also really understand the brand behind Decade, because that's another thing, right? It's all about, you know, who you guys are and the branding behind it is a huge component to it, but you got to have a good team because those are your ambassadors. So, so the number one thing is, you know, no bad apples. Um, you know, we, we don't have any bad apples on our team and we wouldn't, you know, if we made a mistake and brought somebody on who turned out to be a bad mm-hmm. apple, they wouldn't last. Um, you know, we're just, that's hard and fast for us, right? You know, everybody that's on the team, um, it, you know, is somebody that we want to hang out with, right? That we've got their back, right? We all look out for each other. You know, our dealers are constantly collaborating mm. with each other, not competing with each other. You know, of course, we're all competitive. Oh, yeah. and there's, there's, you know, <laughs> we, we all believe in helping out and stuff like that. But we, but we, we really, really, really promote a very collaborative um, and complementary mm-hmm. in, environment amongst amongst our team. Mike, I'd love to hear. You know, you talked to that a little bit, but for me, it's really, you know, it's really simple. It's it's um, don't right. just bring anybody onto the team. Right. You know, I'd rather have, I'd rather move slower um, and have a smaller group of, of people that are truly great and then invest and, in, in, you know, invest as much as needed um, alongside them to just empower right. them. Right. Again, you know, I'll make this final comment and I want to I want to pause and let Mike ch- jump in. But, you know, for me, one of the things that's helped with you know, my success, and I've seen it, you know, throughout my family, from my grandfather, my father, my uncles, um, you know, and, and the rest of the family members is that, you know, when we're building businesses, we view our number one responsibility to be to, to, to go to work to empower our teams, mm. right? You know, so I go to you know, work every day to empower my team, right? To, to help propel them, to deliver resources to them, to give them whatever they need to go um, meet their potential or exceed their potential. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's our job. And then, you know, the rest comes down to having, you know, just great team members who, who truly are here to work together with one another, collaborate with one another. And, and, and it goes back to that pursuit, pursuit of the passion thing, right? right. When you're doing something that you truly love, you know, it, it also helps grease, grease all the wheels there. That's the key, right? The, the, that pursuit of, of shared passion because it transcends not only the, the, all the other dealers and, and everyone that we work with internally. I mean, everybody, I mean, and, and I, I forget which uh, episode it was on, but <laughs> That's okay. I, I might paraphrase one of your, your previous episodes, but there is a global language that the second you meet a boater or someone who goes fishing, it's instant. Right. You could mm-hmm. be from anywhere and you could get plucked out of uh, New York and thrown into to North Carolina and you could be sitting at a restaurant or sitting in the airport and you see another guy. You could instantly strike up conversation. My wife's looked at me before like, what are mm-hmm. you guys talking about? Right. But there is just a, such a community there. And I think that it transcends to our customers, too, because mm-hmm. That same pursuit of passion and understanding what a boat means to somebody, right, is that you have a real conversation about, you know, um, his sea craft or, or his, you know, stiger craft and what that means, mm-hmm. all of the things that encompass that and how, you know, the actual joy you get from using that item. And I think that when we locally, you know, because we bring people onto our team, they all have that same mindset because you're stepping onto somebody's baby, right? And you're helping mm-hmm. them design and improve and, and give their their boat, which we all know what a boat really means to somebody. It's it's oh, absolutely. I mean, for me anyway. Maybe there's other people with their car and their drive. No, I'm right there with you. <laughs> for me, I mean, you're it's intimate, right? You're 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 talking about an intimate mm-hmm. transformation and the success. I think uh, it can be attributed to people who understand that and appreciate that. Mm-hmm. They're not just looking to throw something on some guy's deck and make a couple of bucks. They really care and they're, they're involved in it. And that's why we spend so much yeah. time, you know, on the things we spend time with, with our customers. And, and I feel like that's going to lead to a lot of success. That, that, that's my take on it. 
um, and, and how I source to find people to bring on to, to Tri-State. You know, all all yeah. guys, they, they feel the same way, you know. And yeah. the, the conversations for a simple sales call, you're just doing somebody's, say, your, their Armstrong bracket. It could be a 45-minute conversation about, you know, <laughs> what spread they're pulling for, for, for Yelp in next year. You know, like it could be anything. Yeah. So and uh, and that's really cool to watch. And I think that uh, we'll hopefully build a successful base of customers that have that same shared passion, and they won't look at us as just another accessory to their boat. Right. It's it's more than that. Right. Yeah. For I, you know, I 100% agree. And having been a boater my entire life, and I kind I kind of attribute it similar to like the Jeep culture. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys ever any of you guys own a Jeep. All right, Mike, you own a Jeep. I used to. You know, if yeah, all right. So everyone, right? You kind you guys get it, right? When you're driving down the road and you you throw that wave, like everyone knows it doesn't matter what year, what model, you know, if it's the brand new one or it's like, you know, a CJ7 from 1980 or a CJ8, which is probably one of my favorite ones. Yeah, give me that. Um yeah, give me that one. I had, I had a second. 75 cj oh there you go yeah great model too so you know it's that same mentality and, and you, you go to a guy and you, you you start putting on wheels and tires and you're, you're bullshitting with them and you're really getting into it it's the same thing when it comes to the boat you know i mean just the other day i was in the gym and you know this guy he i think he had like a some like it said matunic beach or the ocean mist which is like an local bar here and you know typically everyone that goes there either owns a boat surfs or fishes right it's a beach bar so striking up a conversation all of a sudden went from, Hey, how's your day going to, Oh, what kind of motors are you running on your boat? And like, Oh, what was the best spot, you know, at the end of the, you know, for the, towards the end of the summer. So, but with Decket, you guys are really changing the way someone interacts with their boat. Right. And you're enhancing that experience, which is such a cool thing to be a part of because, you know, at least here up in the Northeast, we have to really earn our summer. You know, Mike, I know, you know, this, like, we got three or four months max and then all of a sudden everyone goes back to work and it's, you know, it's, it's all over, you know, down in Florida, you guys can boat all day, all day long. Um, so to enhance what's that they send me pictures, it's painful. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, but you know, you really got to earn your summer and having a boat that is exactly the way you want it customized to you. You know, it really makes someone feel good inside and enhances that experience. But you know, I guess we could talk about experience and brand and all this all day, but at the end of the day, you guys still have to put deck on someone's boat. And, you know, Jeff being, I think I'm, I'm getting the vibe. You're more of the logistics operations guy, having done that in the Navy. And as you are sitting in the factory, what does that look like? Like, how are you guys going from taking this material and then putting it onto someone's boat? Yeah. So we got a couple of different avenues. Obviously we, we talked on our dealer market and what has made us extra successful with the dealers, you know, we talk in the fact that they're the most trained out there. They come down mm -hmm. here for one-on-one -on -one training for as many days as it takes to make sure that when they leave, they're a representation of us. Everything we can do, they can do. So that's one avenue is just going through the dealers. Then we have our OEM um, partners, which have been really good to us so that we can get Decade out there to the masses, you know, factory direct comes, comes ready to go. And then we have just straight direct direct consumer locally as well, which is like the dealer market, but, but, but um, in Charleston, some of our OEM mm -hmm. partners are, they're doing direct consumer in the local area where they're, they're putting us on their boats in, in a big way. You know, you were talking about a complete transformation. You know, you can bring a 1974 hole that someone's taken really good care of and we can, we can bring it right back to life. You know, you do, you repower mm -hmm. a boat, we redeck it and it's, it's brand new again. And then you have these brand new boats coming, um, you know, one of our biggest partners out there is Freeman and we're doing a lot of their boats, full deck kits. And it's just a complete transformation of mm. already unbelievable machine. So, you know, different, different avenues, obviously what, what has made us successful quickly is, is through that dealer market, but we're always looking to push our partnerships with our, um, with our OEMs. Mm. And, and, you know, speaking of partnerships and collaborations, you know, you guys are working with Captain Vinny LaSorsa from Last Mango, and I've seen, you know, a, a few other partnerships that have kind of popped up. How important is that? You know, because in any business, right, collaborations are key in my mind. I mean, that's how I see it is if you're not collaborating, you're not engaging with the community around you, especially the boating community, because it's so tight knit, as we all know. Um, you know, how critical is that for Decade? you know, being in the position where 
like Mike said, you really are, you're walking onto someone's baby. So you have to invoke that trust into that consumer. I, I attribute collaboration to, uh, you know, confirmation of our quality. You know, we, we're working mm. with some big names on our ambassador program. You've got Scott Martin, James Marco, Ryan Nitz, Tim Popfinger, you know, Vinny LaSorsa, obviously. You know, we are on some of the biggest sport fish names out there. Obviously, the Betsy, the Blue Marlin champion in the Atlantic. And it's, you know, we're mm. not going to be able to work with those people if we don't have the credibility, if we're not backing up, you know, what we're putting out there. And we work so hard every day to right. say, hey, these are our turnaround times. This is our product quality. This is what you're going to get from us. And we got to back it up. Because if we don't back it up, those people are not going to want to work with us. Because those people are synonymous with quality. You know, that's that's what's made it successful is because yeah. we're going to put it out there, but we're going to back it up. Yeah. You know, Vinny, Vinny, Vinny mentioned on his episode that I, when I talked to him and, you know, I kind of fall under the same mindset as him is, you know, when he was coming up and learning how to, you know, operate boats and, and get into this industry, it's, you know, if something's broken, we want to have it to, we want it at the best quality possible and we want to know that it's going to work. So instead of trying to fix that, that bilge pump, we're going to replace it, right? Because we're going to know that we have the best quality product that when I go out and I'm offshore 120 miles trying to go catch the next, you know, winning fish that my bilge pump is going to work or, you know, my, my helm unit is going to work. So it's, it's the same thing. Like, you know, having credibility with those guys is, is just that, right. You know, that Vinny, you know, and last mango, they don't use anything but the best. Right. And, and instead of replacing some, instead of fixing something, they're going to replace it. Right. And that's just the mentality. So Jeff, when you come on, I mean, um, Dan, when you, when you kind of talk to about partnerships and you guys get involved with someone, who are you looking for? I mean, obviously those guys are a good uh, metric to see exactly who you're looking for, but the qualities of a person and the qualities of a company or a brand that you guys are trying to align yourselves with. They got to be shared mm. um, at the end of the day, meaning the, the, the qualities have to be shared, right? So you've touched on a lot of it already, but if you go back to what's important to us, right? Quality, craftsmanship, just the best in class service, um, you know, delivering the best possible product and experience that we can. We want to work with similar mm. folks, whether they're partners, um, ambassadors, vendors, um, that that places this the same amount of value on the same on the same types of things. And and we've been really fortunate that you know this business we really got off to a great start with um, word of mouth marketing of the business. And, and a lot of that came from some of these relationships that we were able to establish very early on. Being that we um, you know, had been in and around the space, we, we had a network of, of people that we knew and, and that we could reach out to and, and we did. And you know, as we went through that process, we quickly identified um, you know, some of these folks that you know, had the right um, the same shared vision, right? Uh, mm. With what they're doing with their respective um, arena that they're playing in. And, and fortunately, um, the way we then built the relationship with them was just through experience together, right? So it was one thing to have an introduction or to be able to network your way to meeting somebody, but then it was a matter of, okay, well, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about what's important to you. Let's talk about how you're um, using your boat and, mm -hmm. and the adventures that you're going on and, you know, the type of fishing you're doing and everything else. And then how can we go to work to enhance that experience for you with our product, right? right? And, that's, and that's the approach that we've always taken to this business. It's not just a matter of generically laying down um, a deck for somebody, but it's, it's looking at ways to innovate through the process. So somebody like Vinny, who you talk a lot about, he's, he's played an important role um, in our product development. We're creating custom products for him that have stemmed from either solutions or opportunities that he's brought to us, the feedback loop that he's kind of connected here with us to say, hey, here's, you know, here's something that I really could use help on improving on my boat, or here's an idea for, you know, a new evolution um, of, of the product. Um, so he's out there right. kind of helping us innovate and test and, and delivering feedback mm -hmm. to us. So, so for us, it's not, you know, these aren't meant to be, you know, empty sponsorships where we're, where we're just, you know, signing people up and, you know, giving them something to wear our, our emblem on their, on their shirt. And, um, you know, right. these are real true collaborations where, um, we're creating value 
together. And we, we really, um, you really deeply appreciate it. So it's the same, it's, it's the shared values, but it's also that willingness to, you know, collaborate. And, and, and so for that, I think they actually, you know, all, all the ambassadors that we're working with tend to, you know, have that entrepreneurial thing too, where, where right. they really see the ability to take this product and not just think of it as this simple thing, but see it as more of a dynamic opportunity um, that they can help play a part in, in the evolution of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy who I met and who's coming on the show in the near future. Um, his name is Ralph, Ralph Crafty from Crafty One Customs. And he is, he said this thing that kind of has always stuck with me right now is it's a win, win, win mentality. You know, you win, I win, customer wins, right? Or what, or, you know, fill in the blanks as to whatever you want to put in there. But, um, having that extending as much value as you can to whomever you can is always going to put you above the rest, right? And it's little things. It's all the little details. Like, you know, instead of having, um, you know, shipping someone a hat and, and just throwing in your business card, you write them a handwritten note or, you know, you take the extra step to go ahead and make your packaging look really well or, you know, even a personal touch to it. So when you guys are working with these, you know, these brands, these ambassadors, um, you mentioned trying to make the product better. Like what is, what is something like, what's an example of that, you know? Well, you know, I'll give you an example uh, with Vinny. So, you know, on his boat, which is the most custom Freeman out there, it's a Merit Freeman collaboration, mm. the last mango, for those of you who aren't familiar with it. And it's got an incredible, incredible tower on it. And, you know, one of the things that he brought to us was the idea of decking the tower rocks, right? To adding an element of safety, you know, normally it's just bare, um, you know, bare metal, bare aluminum, mm. um, when you're, when, when you're climbing up the, the tower and, you know, they typically have little grooves cut in them, which provides some level of, um, you know, uh, traction, non-skid, right. but, you know, he felt that there was an opportunity to make it even better. So we, we worked with them to just, you know, measure them and, and cut custom, you know, pieces for those rungs for it. And, and, you know, a new, a, a new use was born right, right mm. from there. Uh, you know, and he's somebody the hat I'm wearing right now. When we were experimenting with these hats, you know, he was mm-hmm. he's he's been a tester for us. It's got the decket, you know, on uh, on the middle there, and it was real, you know, real important for us if we're going to potentially um, let let it out in the wild that we that we work with somebody to to help um, test the uh, integrity of it, right, and make sure that it's going to last right. and, and 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 you know stand up stand up to it because it's a different application. It's not, you know, it's not being adhered to you know, a deck surface, we're talking about, you know, a fabric, you know, baseball hat. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, he's part of a testing team and, you know, making, cause you know, he's, yeah. he's out there in the elements, you know, um, more than, more than I am. I, I wish I could be out as much as him, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, he's able to help, help provide feedback on stuff like that as well. So, you know, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a constant collaboration and, and we're doing that with, with all of, all of the ambassadors on our team you know, with Tim, he runs, he runs the Betsy, uh, which is a, you know, an 87 foot, um, Spencer and they're, they're out blue Marlin fishing all the time. And, you know, those, those big sport fish, um, you know, they have, they have a teak cockpit, but there's all sorts of different applications where he's come up to help us, um, develop and, and, and use our product. So, you know, whether it's in the, whether it's an insert for the rocket launcher, um, whether it's in the, the foot rest, on the uh, on the helm chairs you know the the helm itself it, it is all decked out um you know there's a series of different applications that he's helped us develop um and test and you know identify you know as, as great use for use for the product yeah yeah tons of innovation and you know mentioned um being out on the water and i just gotta say Vinny has a pretty sweet gig <laughs> i mean yeah. i don't think anyone can yeah. deny that yeah. he's got a pretty sweet setup to add to that too, from for Dan's perspective, yeah. not just the ambassadors, but the really cool thing is our end users, our customers, because we're all like minded, they constantly give us ideas. I mean, like yeah, nonstop. Hey, what if what's been one of them that's been pretty cool? What if you could put it here? So, um, well, one is that on the undersurfaces or like in fish boxes or places where you usually like just have a place that would 
really get beat up, like where your sinkers mm-hmm. are, or you want to put it in, you know, uh, a fish box that's storing gear and it's sliding around and making a bunch of noise. And we, we could come up, we came up with a, a solution to be able to help, you know, mitigate that, right? Because the properties of that, not just on the deck, things aren't going to slide around. Now, if you're throwing in right. a storage compartment, right, you take those properties, it's fantastic. In the engine room itself, right? Um, mm. there, there's all sorts of ideas. There's a couple other things that, that, that uh, I've had customers that we're going to experiment with because there's some properties of the material from a noise perspective that we're, we're, we're thinking about working out with, with, with one of our customers. Um, oh, cool. About, you know, trying to get the sound down a little bit because we've, we've seen that just putting on the deck, you know. At the, mm. So, um, you know, I, I have a down east boat and, and I put it, you know, on my engine box, and it's certainly produced some some nice noise properties that that uh, I think you know. Again, we're going to explore some more, but it's constant. The dash pads, um, mm-hmm. you know, cell phone inlays, and all this sort of stuff. Um, even Vinny, another one on that, uh, you know, on on up by the tower, he put some traction pads up on the posts so that when you go to grab it, you're not grabbing barrel aluminum with your hands either. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. There, there's, I mean, the applications are endless and our end users know, they know the product, they see it. And, and a lot of them are the same like-minded innovative type people. Like how do we create a solution for this? And I'm, right. in the fishing marine world, you're always thinking of better ways to catch fish, navigate, mm-hmm. be more efficient, be more effective. So, it's really cool to talk to the customers and obviously, you know, uh, the ambassadors on a level, but, um, you know, our customers are our, our best, uh, product, you know, validation and product improvement, right? They're constantly coming with ideas. And I got to say, from my perspective, yeah. that's one of the really cool things. Obviously I have a personal relationship with, with Jeff, who you know, I've known for a while. The company itself is so accepting of, of, trying to do some of those things and, and adapt and, and grow, mm. you know, to Dan's point, I think there was a lot of validation on the product from the get-go, but what I've seen and what is like so awesome is the commitment to improvement, right? And if there are ways right. to improve, like nobody's satisfied, right? And and I think we're we're mm-hmm. really happy with the product we have. Um, I don't want to speak for Dan, but it just it shows that like just because we're happy with the product and it's good, you can't rest on your laurels there. You got to continue to innovate, continue to yeah. improve, and figure out ways to do it. So. Um, that part's been really cool for sure. Yeah. Proud, but not satisfied is something I've always kind of stuck with. You know, it's like, you're happy with it where you are, but you know, there's so much more to do, you know, and then just that constant evolution. So. Yep. And, and continuous improvement. It's, it's, it's truly part of our, part of our culture and, um, you know, the ecosystem that we have going here is, is awesome because we are learning every day. And, and we are, you know, working on making things better every yeah. day. Well, you know, in that quest for making things better and constantly improving, there's always challenges to overcome, right? And, and probably maybe some moments where you're like, oh man, well, I don't know if Deckett's going to, I don't know if this is it, you know? So was there ever, um, and then Mike, you can kind of speak from the dealer perspective, but Jeff and Dan, were, were there ever moments that you were like, all right, we're waving the white flag on this one? Or was it always... They know this is this is it. Like this is what we got to do, and this is the path we got to take. Without painting a depressing story, I mean, it's like any business. We talk yeah. about how you know plug and play. You, you you have a better chance of being successful, but like anything, it comes with some extreme challenges. I mean, from day one when we were moving to our current warehouse, we had to clean this place because they cut granite in here for for ten years, and it was caked with mm. four inches of dust. So shout out John Wyndham, my production uh, manager, but me and him were up on a scissor lift for two weeks cleaning this place because you know that was that's what what it that's what it took you know did i want to give up day one it was pretty rough obviously we did (laughs) and then just you know the challenges of building a client base and building a dealer network and really figuring out what our business model is going to be moving forward it was was um was it was tough right but you know like anything you put your head down and you get it done and hopefully you come out clean on the other side and um you know so far so good like not satisfied, but proud, but not satisfied. Yeah. I can tell you yeah. firsthand, we've made mistakes, right? Like any business, you, you make mistakes and you learn from it and you create best practices. And like, mm-hmm. just from the dealer perspective, we've made mistakes. Um, 
but you fix it, you'll learn from it. And then the network that you have, you're able to share that information. So the mistakes aren't repeated and, and that's invaluable. And the, the dealer network communication that we have, you know, everybody's vested. So, you know, it's, it's important that those experiences are shared, right? There might be mm -hmm. a situation where now I know I can tell a customer that application while creative and I, I like what you're thinking, it's not going to work. Um, right. It won't work well. So we need to reevaluate what you're trying to do and what your, you know, what your options are. And knowing that is, is huge. And, and mm. again, that's just part of the evolution for, of, of giving a good service with a good product. And, and, and that, right. that's also been a little less fun, but it's, it's part, <laughs> it's part of the pain that you need, you know? Of course, of course. Yeah. Well, so, you know, the future of decade, like where is this all going? Right. I mean, is it just grow, grow, grow? You know, you, we spoke about some other things that you guys kind of have in the feeder. Like what's going on in, for the future of Deccan? Where do you see this all going? Yeah, so I think the, the best is yet to come. Um, and I don't think that we're going to totally, you know, uh, let the cat out of, bat, out of the bag on all things. But, but we certainly have, you know, a, a lot of room to go from where we are today, right? And, you know, first thing I would say is geographically, we're, we're expanding right now. And for us, you know, we're East coasters. Um, you know, we've got really good coverage with our network, um, from the Gulf of Mexico and all the way around and up the, up the East coast and down through the Caribbean. Uh, and that's where our customer base is live, but we get inquiries every day from customers that are inshore or that are inland in, in, in the Midwest and, um, on the lakes and stuff like that. So, you know, we have a we have a big effort right now to to expand in a way where we can better service um, that you know customer base, um, and you know at the same time as we're expanding geographically with the core with the core product, we are we are um, you know as we've just talked a lot about constantly looking to evolve the product offering, make the product better, have more products um, in our in our set that um, that you know that our customers and, um, you know, want. And, and so we're going to be continuing to, to expand in, in, on both of those fronts. Um, and, and we're, we're real excited. We're really excited about it. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of innovation here. Um, it's a, it's a amazing industry to be, to be a part of, right. It's, it, it's super fun to, to be able to be around, um, everybody that we get to be around every day and hear about the different pursuits that they're, that they're following um, and finding ways to just better serve that business and evolve the product and expand um, to do so is um, it's thrilling. And, and that's where we're going with it. There was a, there was a rumor floating around that, that uh, you personally wanted to move to Alaska to, to <laughs> go there to, to start the Alaska market. Me. Uh, I'm, I'm figuring out how to get there right now. <laughs> Sounds a little cold. Little, little cold, little, little cold for me. Uh, I, I don't know about wetsuits, you know. No, no, definitely. Alaska is uh, having never been. I think it's one of those states that you go visit and then you come back to the warm, to the warm states. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the truth is, is that I, I've never been to Alaska. I think it would be the most. Oh, it would be an incredible for adventure. sure. I, I, I love to go up there. I'm, a, I'm a pilot too, and you know forgetting about the water scene in Alaska, the bush pilot scene, you know, there is, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's the Mecca. So, yeah. you know, it, it is, it is, it is a dream and I can't, you know, I know, I know Mike, you were ragging me on that one a little bit, but, um, you know, if, if, if that was the next, uh, the next opportunity, I can't say that I wouldn't be first in line for, for, for that one. Mike and Jeff, watch out. Dan's going to leave you guys and go start a bush pilot company and, and, Start doing, start doing, put it on the wings, deck it on the wings of planes or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm sure we could, we could, we could innovate a uh, solution. For oh, of course, of course. But uh, so you know, I you know, I just want to say thank you guys for being able to come on, tell your story. But before we go, where can everyone figure out and find out uh, more about Decket? You know, you guys are got a huge social media presence, and Mike, you kind of have your own Instagram as well. But then there's the main Instagram and other ways to get in touch. So how can people get involved, learn more, get some Decket? Like how do they go about it? Yeah. So Decket.com, D-E-K-I-T.com. 
That's the main webpage. You can click on dealer locator, find your closest dealer, you know, reach out to them, you know, ask a ton of questions, but they'll be the ones to come out and service you. Um, and outside of that, check us out on Instagram and Facebook, uh, big, big presence on social media, check out all our work there and, um, any questions, send it our way. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks guys. And, uh, enjoy the warmer weather because it's cold up here. <laughs> thanks bud. Thanks again, Zach. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Along the Keel. It was a pleasure having Decadon, Dan, Mike, Jeff. Thank you for coming onto the show and, and telling us your story. You know, one of the things that I think I will take away from this episode was the emphasis on team and building a team. You know, um, Dan mentions a lot about having no bad apples, right? And having people that care and love what they do and that are invested into the industry in themselves and also in the company and the brand. So I think that's super important and, uh, you know, something that I definitely want to try and do in whatever activities that I'm doing, whatever projects I get involved in is trying to give it my all at all, all times. So thank you guys for tuning into this episode of the show. Make sure to check it out on Waypoint TV, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your, on your favorite podcast. And check us out on our website, alongthekeel.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, all of which are along the keel. Uh, No space, no dots, no nothing. And uh, yeah, we'll get you on the next episode. Always excited to be out putting awesome content out there, teaching more people about the ocean and uh, how to love it. So with that, hope you work hard, do good, be incredible, and have an awesome day.